time for Dodger Baseball. Yes, why would you choose Los Angeles when you can have the bright lights and beautiful scenery of Detroit? This is Swing Shift. My name is Ryan Bershinger. He is Bo Benson. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram or X, whatever, at Swing Shift RNB. Um, Anyone that says, like, oh, you have to call it X now can shut up. Like, it's I'm Twitter, not. dude. I've literally, like, so on my phone, I... um. I have yeah. to manually update apps. Yeah, so you still have the bird. I still have the nice, bird. Nice, that's good. <laughs> this is I am I am not convicted about many things in my life. This is the one thing where I am very staunchly taking yeah. a stand. It's bad. It's so bad. <laughs> I will not allow this. I uh, I will have that bird. It's not that I care about the bird. It's just I don't want the eggs. Yeah, no. It's and also like uh, um, we're gonna say some things about the city of Detroit on this podcast. Uh, but I just want everybody to know that it's okay because they don't have the internet there, so they can't possibly hear this. <laughs> so we'll be good. Listen, they they like it. From what I understand, Detroit likes it when you make fun of them and when you uh, when you when you pit yourself. It's Detroit versus everyone, right? Like yeah. that's that's their thing. Uh, it's the Rock City. I don't know what that means, but that's. <laughs> um, do they have a statue of Eminem there? Do they do that? Probably. I know they have a RoboCop statue, which like. That's so good. Do they also have a Kid Rock statue? They have to. Remember when remember when the US killed that Iranian general? Like <laughs> Hold on, this is going somewhere. Okay. Uh someone in the Iranian government was like, uh, what am I supposed to do? Like how are we supposed to fight back? We're going to bomb Spider-Man or SpongeBob? It's cuz like the US has no real heroes and it's like, yeah, that Detroit <laughs> has a statue of RoboCop, so that that tracks. That's true. <laughs> Uh, look, I've, I have never been to Detroit. Um, never uh, will <laughs> after this for sure. <laughs> once, uh, once we became coworkers with Chris Perfett, uh, Detroit dialogue increased by 8,000% in our lives. More than so, I would have ever liked to, uh, um, uh, I know. wish that my knowledge of Detroit was limited solely to the movie eight mile <laughs> and uh, not to not Paul, Paul Verhoeven's Robocop is a great movie. Yes. Uh, I just didn't know it was in Detroit because yeah. I watched it as a kid, really. Right. Uh, and knowing that it's in Detroit, I'm like, well, maybe they should try that there. <laughs> you know, I think my problem is is that whenever people talk about RoboCop, I'm like, yeah, I've seen RoboCop, and I'm just always thinking of Judge Dredd. Yeah. Well, you should see <laughs> RoboCop. It's great. I, I think I have. You should Google. Uh, for everybody listening, uh, just go to YouTube and go uh, search RoboCop Penis. <laughs> and the first video that pops up should be really funny. <laughs> Maybe turn safe search off. Yeah, I was going to say, if it's not, go to the next one. Yeah, yeah, just keep going. Uh, if it's not, uh, we didn't direct you there. Yeah, no. Um, listen, I, I, I have nothing against the city of Detroit. They are, but because of uh, uh Well, some, that's funny because the city of the Detroit Dodgers. literally has nothing, so. <laughs> because of some Dodger-related stuff, uh, they're just going to catch endless strays today. And then that's fine. Again, they embrace it, all right? Yeah. Uh, that's This is how Detroit wants hey, you to you talk about you guys have Jared them. Goff. That's all you need. They got, um, what, Cade Cunningham? Yeah, he plays basketball <laughs> he there. He plays basketball. The Red Wings were really good. A long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> In the 2000s. Yeah. Um, uh, and, of course, the, the Tigers are... Still kicking. They exist. They, <laughs> they've got <laughs> they a team. And apparently Eduardo Rodriguez really likes it. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so we have not recorded since the trade deadline, and which I kind of like that because I know that like some people would think like logically speaking, like oh, if you do a Dodger podcast, wouldn't you want to put out content that's like you know timely and like reacting instantly to the trade deadline? Yeah, and- but that's how you become Blake Harris. <laughs> like, I I saw again like his some he had a post at the beginning of the season where like he's like oh Max Muncy's the worst hitter in baseball. Yeah, just like dude, what? the fuck man and i'm sure he was one of the people that were like all these deadline acquisitions are dog shit <laughs> it's just like and like i don't think they were like the bee's knees but sure. like goddamn dude just give them a week and and that is important because I, while i am being you know slightly sarcastic like yeah ideally uh, we we talk about especially because it already feels like it's been a month since a trade deadline yeah um but i think it is good to take this time and see how the guys perform right away because um quite frankly if we had recorded on deadline day we would have had a very different tone about the, these acquisitions yeah, the tenor would be uh much different which is great it's yeah. it's good to know that in hindsight that any frustrations that we had at the time are you know justified but um the fact that things worked out right away uh has been very pleasant. That said, I will reserve the right to um, call Lance Lynn a fat piece of shit when he gives up a home run to Matt Olson <laughs> in the NLCS. Because um, that's going to happen. Lynn, oh, sure. Lynn's been fine. Yeah. Uh, he just has the same problem that he had in Chicago, which is he loves giving up home runs. He can't get enough of it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's his favorite thing to do as a pitcher. He's, <laughs> he's a big old hungry boy for those home runs. <laughs> Um, so the Dodgers acquired five players via trade over a few day span. Uh, first, they acquired Kike Hernandez literally the day after Bo on this podcast said the Dodgers are going to oh, trade. Oh, we for were Kike so Hernandez. close, man. We were. We damn, we were on. We were on the trade deadline. Yeah, like white on rice, man. Because after that, um, they did uh, acquire Ahmed Rosario yep. for Noah Syndergaard, which is um, amazing. We, we've got. Kiss. If you want to fast forward three minutes into this podcast, there's going to be 30 seconds of us laughing. And you can just <laughs> you can just listen to that. That's our reaction there. And uh, um, they acquired uh, Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly, of course, also two days after I said that they're going to acquire literally Lance Lynn on this podcast. Yeah. Um, and then at uh, at the last second, after it looked like they had done nothing on deadline day, uh, they had acquired Ryan Yarbrough, which was like, okay, well... He's a person. They real actually heads were did like, something. you know, that's, that's fine. Cool. That's a real Dodgers, uh, <laughs> it's Dodgers trade. Andrew Friedman, uh, maniacs knew what was he was in his yeah. bag. Oh, as absolutely. the kids say. Um, can I can I mm-hmm. say the one thing that I really had an issue with the Dodgers not doing at the the deadline? Mm-hmm. They should have traded Tony Gonsolin. I'm they uh they could have they should have they, and they, they and, should have and I think that if um if two. Uh, or one of uh, two guys said yes to coming to the Dodgers, then that would have made it more likely. Yeah. Um, but because that didn't happen, uh, they're kind of in a position where, look, I get it. Um, let's 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 look at because I think talking about Gonsolin's position, you kind of have to discuss the position of other guys. I mean, basically, my thoughts with Gonsolin are he's he's better suited as a reliever at this point because he has two strong pitches that work for three innings. <laughs> he's also probably like dealing with internal bleeding on a nightly basis. Yeah. And Dave's just like, Hey man, get out there. Yeah. 
like, <laughs> <laughs> oh God, tough shit. My, my uh, hands hurt, Grandpa. Well, that's too damn starters. bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I just look at what the the White Sox got for Lucas Giolito. Yeah. And like, oh, man, I would have been. I don't know. I would have explored it. I would have just done it, and then whatever. Ga- you can't tell me that Gavin Stone and Ryan Pepio can't recreate the dog shit platter that Gonsolin's <laughs> giving you this year. I would I would have done it in a heartbeat. I think that you would still have to. You're, you're selling low, which is not something this front office does. No, um, but it's it's also like ugh, it just feels like the opportunity was right there. I, I think so, given the way that this market was. But let's let's look at how the market did. Um, actualize itself in terms of they addressed offense first with two right-handed bats that provided versatility in Kike Hernandez and Ahmed Rosario. Um, when they acquired Kike, it was a very mixed reaction among Dodger fans where there are a lot of fans who uh, celebrated the fact that Kike was coming back because he's definitely a fan favorite. Um, I, I think... It's great to have Kike back if for reasons that you brought up on the last episode is then the fact that, like, quite frankly, he likes being here. Yeah. And he, he's, he's he's about to sign a, a 10-year, $10 million deal in the offseason. Yeah. You said that comment where he's like, I kind of just realized that uh, playing every day is not my thing. Right. Like, yeah, come on now. Um. Yeah, it, it, it seemed like he was definitely fed up with his time in Boston. There were a lot of reports that this season he uh, he was actually vocal about the fact that he was not happy that he wasn't playing every day. And then he came to the Dodgers and he's like, I will do literally whatever yeah. you guys want for me. Yeah. Um, that's because he, he loves this team so much and he, he made that very apparent instantly. You know, the reports were the second he got traded, he was like, oh, I'm coming home. Yeah, uh, that was funny. Like, <laughs> dude, you're, I don't know if you're that big to drop the uh, I'm coming home tweet. Like, um, uh, but as people noted, the opposite side of it were people pointing out, like, by the way, Kike has been one of the worst offensive players in baseball this season, which mathematically is correct, but of course, upon joining the Dodgers, he uh, absolutely could not be the worst offensive player on the Dodgers. Yeah, as long as Miguel Austin Rojas Barnes is alive is, and Austin Barnes is, is employed. Um, but I think that this is a situation where kind of like you can't actually look at more of the narrative points of bringing uh. him in. Because quite frankly, yes, they what they wanted to do was add at least one and eventually two right-handed bats to complement the heavy left-handed outfield that they have. Um, and Kike and both Kike and Ahmed Rosario have had tons of success against left-handed bats traditionally, against left-handed pitchers traditionally. Um, Rosario, especially this season, is mashing lefties. Yeah. Um, but also, I think it's hard to ignore the fact that I think coming back to L.A. for Kike was going to cause him to be at least a better player than he has been this season not necessarily the guy that we saw a few years ago where he had he forced his way into the starting lineup because he was so good um but at least being a productive platoon bat who gives you versatility off the bench you can plug him in anywhere he's already played third a couple times because of Muncy's injury like that is super valuable Uh, it's it's the same thing for Joe Kelly too I think like sometimes situations matter like that Close the laptops, people. <laughs> <laughs> the games are played on the field. Come on now. I like the I like the thing uh like uh Jerry Hairston tweeted about or he said like, 
you know, these guys are, are just going out there and playing with their hearts and, and all that stuff. There's no analytics involved here. And <laughs> our dear friend Blake Williams is like, every single one of these things is down to like analytic decisions. <laughs> like it's <laughs> hilarious. Um, and as we saw with Kike, the impact was instantaneous. Like he got a hit in his first few games coming back. Um, which was a huge deal because again, like his offensive numbers in Boston, especially Terrible. over the last couple of months, were were bad. Poopy. Um, and so you see that changed right away with him, and uh, he's been incredibly valuable in his first like week and a half back with the Dodgers. It's uh, it's a ton of fun to see, and, and and I think that's what's awesome is as a fan, you can really appreciate it because it's just it's just great to see him come back and and perform well, and the fact that he's actually uh, uh once again establishing his value to this team uh i think is such a huge deal i'll i'll never forgive them for letting Corey seeker walk hmm. but like bringing kike back and bringing joe kelly back for probably more than you know half a season yeah that's fine i'll take it oh yeah uh i i do have to go to the dodgers clubhouse uh at city walk mm-hmm. um and ask them if they can change the miguel vargas jersey i had made into a joe kelly jersey <laughs> Um, seeing as they gave Joe Kelly his old number back <laughs> and kind of fucked me over, but hey, that's fine. It's what I get for believing in the young guys. <laughs> My Outman gamble is definitely paying off, though. What a what a beast! Um, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Do do not go back to previous episodes in which I said that James Outman is more of a fourth outfielder. Ooh, he has proven me wrong, and, and I'm happy he has because uh, he's like. What's crazy about Outman is like he. You you don't have to platoon him. Like he hits lefties totally fine. Yeah. Like he's he's he he doesn't really have bad splits. He's playing rather well. Um. And of course, like defensively, he's good. He's got speed. Hey, look, just just get a couple more good months. Hit some home runs. Maybe another grand slam or something. Yeah. And let the Diamondbacks keep sliding. And Outman's going to be the rookie of the year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, going to happen. Yeah. Hate to um, say I told you so, folks. But uh, <laughs> if uh, I know Carol's numbers are are insane, but like if they drop off that bad, like there there will be they're an argument. So they're so stinky. I didn't realize that they'd lost like twenty four of the last thirty one now or something like that. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, yeah. Some people were saying that they were a lock for the playoffs <laughs> or the All Star break. Weird. Um. Uh. So to wrap up the the hitters acquired, yes, Ahmed Rosario for Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, Jesus Christ. I couldn't believe that I couldn't believe that they got anything of value for Noah Syndergaard. Um luckily I was busy. I think I was driving at the time. I so for the half hour where that trade was kind of in uh a weird uh yeah, it was like, state it, it, you know, it was the, like, it had the pass in like they're sending him to LA, but we just didn't yeah. know for what. Right. And everyone's like, oh, geez, if you're giving up, like, a solid prospect yeah, here for tough. Rosario, it's going to be too much. And then it was literally just Noah Syndergaard. I think they like, got money the? from the Guardians, too. <laughs> like, like, I'm sorry, what? That's that's insanely good. That's, that's so funny. I Have they just, like... Are they just not watching other teams in Cleveland? Like, like they, Well, it's you know what's funny baffling. is, like, I think Syndergaard's been, like, not horrifically bad yes his his numbers in his couple starts in cleveland have been good but he's still like not missing bats at all yeah like his first start in houston i think he went like six innings with one run but you look at like he had like six outs on the warning track like it was <laughs> <laughs> it's not, that's, that's so good yeah so um 
it's he, it's not terribly impressive. Like he's giving them solid innings, and I think that that's all they needed, really. Um, because you know you can yeah, win he, the AL Central with like seventy five wins this season, so it doesn't really matter. He went uh, he went five and a third with uh, he gave up two hits and earned run two walks, no strikeouts. Yeah, and he threw less than seventy pitches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, thank yeah. you. Stinky PU. Yeah. That's a really strong slow pitch softball line. Yeah, like that's, dude, that's it's <laughs> so good. Uh, uh, yeah, good job. Um, no, and and of course Rosario since joining the Dodgers, we don't have the numbers in front, but he's he is Been raking good. against yeah. lefties. Like, I look. I just well. need I just need him to hit. I not even hit. I need him to play enough, play well enough at shortstop for just a month and a half. That's all I'm asking you to do, dude. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Just do it for a month and a half, mm-hmm. so we don't have Miguel Rojas in the lineup every single day. Like, just do it. Listen, I I was uh, I witnessed Miguel Rojas's uh, first home run yeah, this season ever? in person. Ever? <laughs> it might be the um, first time he's made loud contact. <laughs> which was it was cool. It was like seeing you know Haley's comet. Like it was. <laughs> I was like, wow, I'm, I am witnessing You should have gone down and fought for that ball, actually. That's probably <laughs> worth, like, at least a pack of Pokemon cards on, on eBay. Uh, isn't that more impressive, too? Like, if you're if you're at a game and I wouldn't say, like, Aaron Judge. Yeah, if you're like, game, no, it's you just, watch yeah, Aaron you Judge see it homer, all the time. Like, and you're like, oh, this is really special. No, it's not. Yeah, Seeing no. Miguel Rojas homer, that truly You know what home run special. ball I would kill, like, legit, I would probably kill someone for? Uh, uh who was that fucking slob that pitched for the Mets? Bartolo Colon. Oh yeah. Now, that Homer in San Diego, I would I would John Wick somebody for that thing. That would be my prized possession. <laughs> um by the way, I went to because of a, a happenstance and scheduling with promotions, I went to not one but two games against the Oakland A's. Nice. Um which is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so um I will uh, I will say this. If if the if the A's really wanted people to show up at their games hello kitty Bob, yeah you just give out hello, hello kitty, kitty yeah, Bob, right? it's so yeah. funny <laughs> it was it's we were we were at that game and um because of traffic being awful we got in like at game time and the and traffic they, was awful because of the hello kitty yes stuff. yeah like it's, it, it was it's insane that was the second you know we went two nights in a row yeah. and the difference between the crowd level on hello kitty night yeah like it took way longer to get into parking um, it was it literally we parked in a spot where um, it was one of those where you're in line going into the lot and and uh, the the attendants are looking around and then they throw up their hands and say park stop you, you park there yeah. you're parked there yeah <laughs> and I'm like all right shit well, it was actually great get out of your closer. fucking car <laughs> um, give me your keys <laughs> uh, but yeah so if if the A's uh, wanted to fix everything. Uh, just give out Hello Kitty stuff yeah, on a no, nightly basis. They will sell out yeah, the calls. Easy. And I'm not joking. It was a sellout crowd. Yeah, and this was a Thursday night mm-hmm. against the oh, Oakland always, A's. It's always been the case. Uh, Dodger Stadium giveaways are, are psychotic. Yeah. I remember when I worked there, uh, there was a Matt Kemp like action figure giveaway. <laughs> And the truck like flipped over on its way to Dodger Stadium, so they didn't have anything. <laughs> and you would think that like you would think that the president had been shot with the ab- the the somber <laughs> attitude of the employees at Dodger Stadium. It was like, like what are we gonna fucking do, man? Oh my god! You had like Cheryl in accounting just fucking jumping off the top deck because she didn't know how to handle it. Like, it was fucking oh god. Can we can we please like talk about? 
uh, the Angels being the stupidest franchise in sports, uh, followed sure. up by the Padres. Because why, like, the Angels gave up tangible real prospects for yep. Lucas Giolito. Yep. And he went out and, like, gave up 20 runs against the Braves. <laughs> yeah. Like, and they're, like, just lost. What did they lose? Like, eight in a row? I, they, I eight think Eight in a so. row, seven in yeah, a row? Yeah, it was at least six. It like, was something, yeah. Just how how stupid can you be? And I don't even think they should trade Otani because, again, I think we've established that the only team that would actually do it is the Dodgers, yeah. and Artie Moreno's not going to do that. Yeah. But, like, I don't think they necessarily should have traded Otani, but I also don't think that they should have further harmed their prospects of doing anything after Otani leaves in the offseason. <laughs> Because, like, legit yeah. now, like, Otani's leaving. I don't care. Right. If he was going to stay, this whole thing where it's like, oh, the Angels have to do everything they can to convince him to stay. They've got to go all in. they got to make the playoffs. They have had, like, five years now to do all that. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't. <laughs> that was like, the funny thing is is Otani pitched, like, the day after um, the trade deadline. Uh, was that the day where it was the doubleheader where he he I threw think so, a one yeah. hitter ridiculous, in the morning like, and then threw yeah hit two the, homers at <laughs> night and people stupid. like this is this is incredible like this is uh, and then they haven't you know won since then um, but like between the two games when they were talking to Otani he straight up was like this is the first time the Angels have uh, bought at the deadline yeah. while I've been here. And and, and I Just, don't I think that was being very glossed over by uh, people is like everyone thinking like, oh well here here it is. The Angels are really trying. They're showing yeah. Otani they wanna they want to compete. And I'm I'm telling people like no, he's not he's not forgetting the five years yeah, previous what, to this. Dude, you're telling me two months are going to invalidate the last fucking five years yeah. of his career that he's just wasted in, in the with the Angels? Like, that makes no sense. That's such boring radio fodder. Like, yeah. are you, what are you talking about? Yeah. If he, if legitimately two good months with the Angels convinced him, like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to tie my entire career to this organization. Right. Then I, good luck to you, dude. I yeah. don't ever want to see you wear any other team's uniform because right. you deserve all of this. Yeah. But like it, that's it's such a stupid like oh it's so dumb. It's so dumb. So yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Like he's leaving. Yeah. There there's nothing they can do to yeah. keep him because they're not going to fucking make the playoffs again. Yeah. They they somehow fell directly onto their face yeah. so quickly. Which is not shocking. <laughs> not, not at all. They had they had a a stretch of a week where they played well, which by the way they like played the Tigers that week yeah. and the Pirates yeah. and they won like six games in a row and they're like, "You know what? We're buying. We're 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 doing everything we can to keep him here because you beat the Detroit Tigers yeah. and here's another stray yeah. for Detroit." Take that Detroit, you fucks. <laughs> you you, you know pieces what? of shit. <laughs> It's it's just it's amazing. And I I don't think that like Mike Trout particularly wants to leave. Like I think he's totally fine just being anonymous and yeah. collecting a half a billion dollars to right. play be the best player ever. Yeah. But man, they have no future whatsoever. No, no they completely destroyed Zero. it. Zero. <laughs> Zero. And I could totally see him asking out and just being like, Yeah, send me to Philadelphia, please. Yeah. Like that that's the damage I think they've yeah. done by by just not eating eating the bullet, just playing out the year and then like trying to reset next year for something. But yeah. uh and then talking about falling flat on your face, god damn, dude. Those San Diego Padres, man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a great deadline for them. <laughs> the Padres were in a weird position. Sweep the Rangers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep, yeah, let's uh let's go buy. Uh but you know what, to their credit, they didn't really buy like mm-hmm. they they got Rich Hill and yeah. then Dodger fans proceeded to freak out and be like oh my god <laughs> they got Rich Hill 
<laughs> and I was like, damn, has he been good for Pittsburgh or something? And I looked at his his baseball reference page and he's got like a six ERA. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are you people talking about? Yeah. Like, my, Jesus. G-Man Choi who's hitting under 200. <laughs> It's fucking ugh. my uh my opinions about Rich Hill going to the Padres were strictly emotional. Yeah, I just love Rich Hill, and I just don't want to see him on the Padres. But, but otherwise, also, like, like he is also a forty-two-year-old man who throws underhand. So that pitch, <laughs> like whatever that pitch that Freddie fucking sent halfway up the seats uh, in in Petco there. Uh, I yeah, that was funny. That that was off Rich Hill. <laughs> but uh, like uh, yeah, I. I think both cases are like that's why you don't like guys who are on the hot seat GM at yeah. the deadline. Yeah. Cuz like I can't I if I'm fucking I don't even know, know who is his name, the owner of the Padres. Uh if I'm looking at it this offseason like AJ Preller's got to go. Yeah. Like it, it's been yeah. what like almost a decade right. of his like service and you've nothing to show for it. Like their farm like <laughs> what was the last prospect the Padres called up from their system? It has like that's making an impact in their everyday lineup. I guess like, like Jake Cronenworth, like, right? That's, like that's it. Yeah. And even then, he's he's bad because you have him out of position playing first base. <laughs> like it's just. Ugh. Uh, I will say that like it is interesting looking at both the Angels and Padres because they did the same thing, but I think they're in two different places where the Angels felt like they had to throw up a hail mary. Yeah. Because the only way that they were going to save that franchise is by oddly convincing Shohei to stay because they don't have any other future no, otherwise nothing. the Padres it was we have invested we are we're, we're too all in we we have too many chips in the in in the pot um and we've thrown open we've tried to throw open this window and granted they've still you know they have Juan Soto turned it on like crazy and you have Fernando Tatis just... and Manny Machado and like Blake Snell is actually pitching well they're looking at their team going if we can if we can just force our way into the 7th spot in the in uh in the postseason or the 6th spot in the postseason then um you know maybe because this is this is it because Soto's going to leave and and everything yeah, they're trying to do is going to fall apart I saw so. that uh, I saw Hector Gomez said that the that Soto's approached the Padres about a contract extension and oh, I don't good. think that's going to happen Yeah no <laughs> I don't I don't believe that Yeah um <laughs> but Hector Gomez also has dunked on everybody before so maybe but I the money is an infinite down there man Right the, exactly and, <laughs> uh, I'm assuming that I'm I'm operating under the assumption that a new GM is going to be in there this offseason, and I don't think a new GM wants to inherit a ton of those contracts. No, so they're already flipping over couch cushions. Yeah, like they they, they are. They are I, I don't think they, they spent can. all that money to be under uh, five games under 500 at this yeah. point in the season. Yeah, I just it's it's kind of, it's funny to me because like it's Machado, dude. Like that's the thing. That's your team leader. And right. if that's your team leader. You're right. fucked. Yeah, like oh, straight yeah. up, like you see all these issues about how like they can't string wins together and their clubhouse is fractured. And I promise you, when the the expose comes out, whenever whenever it gets really bad down there and like they fire somebody, mm-hmm. uh, it's gonna be like Ken Rosenthal is gonna fucking destroy Manny Machado's entire career. <laughs> it's gonna be fucking wonderful. Um, and the reason why the Padres have been now especially buried is because the Dodgers did a great job yeah. of really slamming them down over the weekend. <laughs> like what else is new? It was this was a weird four game series of a Friday to Monday, which I don't know how that happened in the scheduling, but it did. Um and the Dodgers took three of four and really should have swept. Like like they were pretty yeah, much. Yeah, it was just dominating. one meltdown inning. Yeah. yeah, whatever. And they they dominated basically that entire series on yeah. both uh, offensively and pitching. Um 
And I think this last week, especially when you see how they played also against the Diamondbacks, like this team is playing with an just an I think you're getting that feeling again, right? This is this is the way it kind of feels where you're like, all right, actually this team has it. Like this team can be special because it's very clear. All the reports talk about how much this team likes each other. Yeah. How happy these guys are to play together. It doesn't feel like last year where despite that they were winning at such a high level, it felt very businesslike. This team feels fun. The stupid dance on second is hilarious, yeah. and I love it. And yeah. the guys all, they, it's its a joke that they find funny every single time. And that's because they are so clearly happy to play with each other. And uh, Freddie and Mookie are very clear leaders. Kershaw is a very clear leader. Like they, Everybody is very happy with their roles. Guys, even though David Peralta is playing great, he's perfectly happy being a platoon guy yeah um everybody is it's it's a very it's an incredibly likable team and i think that's because they clearly like each other so much and that is something that makes a real difference yeah no it's i i've been thinking about this since the deadline but i do think that i enjoy this team more than i enjoyed last year's team yeah um this team not not at the same level but there's a lot of like 2017 vibes coming off these guys Mm -hmm. um so yeah, I I got in. I didn't mind the the lack of action at the deadline. Like mm-hmm. Arenado would have been cool, but I don't sure. think they're going to trade Bobby Miller. Right. Um, I I don't know what their plan is with Michael Bush. Like yeah, <laughs> J D Martinez's like leg is falling off, and Michael Bush can't get a call up to DH. <laughs> like, all right, sure. So maybe I don't know. Like maybe they revisit that in the off season, but like they they did little gap moves to fill in like mm-hmm. needs. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you kind of just roll the dice and see what happens. I think this offense is good enough to carry a team through October, but yeah, the same. It's the same thing every fucking year, man. They just got to do it when it gets to be there, right? And let's let's focus in on the arms that they did bring in because we we uh we we got diverted and that's fine. Yeah, this is fine. Fuck but, Detroit. <laughs> fuck Detroit. Um, so they acquired both Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly from sure. the White Sox, um, giving a pr- a pretty uh, decent return. Uh, Nick Nostrini is a good prospect. Yeah. Um, but Lance Lynn, luckily, you know, yes, he did face the A's in his first start. So you kind of like, like I watched the A's twice in person. The A's are an incredibly bad team who then proceeded to beat the Giants. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys. <laughs> but my God, are they pound, bad? Pound for pound, though, that's a pretty good trade in the Dodgers' favor. Pound for pound. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. When you weigh the two sides, definitely. <laughs> definitely leans in our favor um so i think it's funny that like everybody that got traded from the white Sox immediately was like yeah that fucking place sucked (laughs) and then you've got a reliever going on record being like yeah i would rather kill myself than be a member of the white Sox." um in both lynn and joe kelly you got two guys and this was really true with all the trades they made where if you look at their stats you're like okay what yeah. what the hell like they were all super by low like i think i think yarbrough was like the only guy with a positive war that they acquired <laughs> like at the time yeah. but um lance lynn had a super high era but also his strikeout numbers were like the best of his career, or at least the best he'd had in a really long time. Yeah. And and he had an FIP well below what his ERA was. And the same went with Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly had a very inflated ERA, but his strikeout stuff is is the best that he's had in quite some time. Yeah. Um. 
So when you like narrow in on these things and identify these specific things, the only problem that Lynn has, and it will probably persist just a little be bit, a is, problem, yeah. is is just he does give up home runs. Um, but the great positive with Lance Lynn, and this is why I had you know in a very uh, uh, half-hearted. Uh, as as unenthusiastically as I could gave him an endorsement on the last podcast is because what he does do is you can rely on him to go deep into a game to just eat up innings and uh, event like keep the team in it well enough when you have an offense as, as explosive as this one that's all you really need is a guy who can go six or seven innings on a consistent basis and give bullpen give the bullpen nights off I forgot which pitch it is but basically like yeah the Dodgers basically just told him to stop throwing one pitch yeah and he he has and it's been better yeah which is always funny like the White Sox couldn't see that (laughs) (laughs) what are y'all doing out there it's so funny because the Dodgers make it sound so simple because it's always it's it's something like that like hey just uh throw this cutter more yeah and then they're like all right and it works there's this little (laughs) hole in your swing so just get rid of that and uh, yeah Oh yeah, you're hitting 30 bombs a year, dude. Wow. <laughs> um and of course, yeah, with Joe coming back, I think think about like Joe Kelly's entire like career arc as a Dodger is just wild because when he first came over, like when they first signed him to that 3-year deal, people still kind of harbored resentment because of the Hanley Ramirez stuff, but also like he was coming off a very good season with the Red Sox, so he yeah. was desperately needed in the bullpen, and then for like a year he was not good. Not good, yeah. <laughs> and uh it was actually kind of tough to watch him pitch at times. <laughs> it was uh I think we all got brain and league PTSD. Yeah. Like you know what's funny though is like I I forgot it wasn't. In, I was in the shower the other day and I was thinking about uh, Dodgers teams of the past, nice. which I do often. Yeah. Um, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it was Joe Kelly that broke Hanley Ramirez's ribs yeah. and fucked that up, yeah. fucked that whole thing up." Yeah. Um, <laughs> just totally forgiven him, man. <laughs> I think the the fucking the face at uh, Carlos Correa's firmly entrenched in Dodger lore and yeah. the fucking bitch to Tatis is uh, another one. <laughs> That was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> he fucking just wore Tatis out in that series too. Yes. I, Jesus, man. Yeah. Um and and that's where he's at now. Is like suddenly you feel comfortable like when uh, just imagine a couple years ago being told like hey, the most significant like back end of the bullpen guys in 23 are going to be Joe Kelly, Evan Phillips, and and Bruce Star Gratterall Kay- kind of hoped that Caleb Ferguson there. might he <laughs> yeah. legitimately might be like the second or third best reliever in the pen. That's uh, yeah. <sighs> Gratterall looked really good in the ninth last night, which was great to see. Okay. Um, he he closed out really well. Um, but yeah, it is it is really fascinating to watch like how Joe yeah. Kelly has gotten to this point with us, and it's great. It, again, the swing and miss stuff is there, yeah. and it's it's very very much needed right it's now. It's very it's very uh, what does Gen Z say? It's it's giving retro vibes with this Dodger team. <laughs> yeah. uh, this does not feel like the juggernaut teams that they've built in recent years. It feels kind of like the the twelve and thirteen, or was it twelve and thirteen? Was it were those the NLCS years? Um, I think fourteen was. 14, but, right? Whatever. When they had Hanley and all those guys and they had like Kemp and they lost to the Phillies. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. It's just kind of like cobbled together and you just hope they get hot at the right time. Right. Yeah. Um, it's a much more enjoyable way to watch baseball, I think. Like, it is. It like is. they have a comfortable lead in the division. I'm not really sweating every game. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like they still got to play. 
yeah. that'll be nice. Like going into September and stuff like that, they're just gonna have to play the games. Not gonna have any like, oh yeah, Freddy's taking a day off or, or Mookie's gonna manage today. Like none of that. None of that shenanigans. They're yeah. gonna be focused on uh winning some baseball games. Um unlike the city of Detroit, <laughs> which will not be focused on that. Um we the Dodgers acquired one more starting or one more pitcher. Uh it was not Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, and that was Ryan Yarbrough, yeah. which was That's yeah fine. a very much Andrew Friedman sure. move. And I actually I like it a lot because he's exactly the kind of guy that I've been hoping the Dodgers would get for a while, where he fits as a piggyback starter. Yeah, he can, which they're going to need for you know Bobby Miller or Walker Bueller, yeah, Clayton Kershaw, yeah. Um, so yeah, it made a ton of sense when that. Uh, that deal came through. It's just funny. Like I was thinking about that. Like that was the same kind of deal as like you Darvish. Like it came through <laughs> after the deadline. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, not not really the same uh, magnitude of deal. Um, but yeah, what I like with Yarbrough is like what we saw last night, where Kershaw threw five, and then they go to Yarbrough for three, and then so you're basically just combining yeah. the start, and now mm-hmm. you've got an eight inning start there. That's um, and again, this is all about having less usage on the bullpen overall. So by bringing in Lance Lynn and Ryan Yarbrough, guys who can eat innings in different ways, you're benefiting the entire staff. Yeah. Um, so that's that's something I really like. And we'll, you know, we'll see in terms of where Kershaw's health is at. Uh, I know the the post-game comments were all about like how he was going to feel the day after his, his first start back. And uh, if he feels fine, then hopefully we're all good. Um then you're looking at a rotation of Kershaw and Urias. Urias has pitched rather well Better. in his last few yeah. starts. Um, again, you kind of throw out the Oakland series, but you still got to give him credit for like doing well. And those are still major league players. Exactly, they're just not very good at they're, it. They're 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 triple A players on other it's teams, like, but on this it's one, it's like the way you say Detroit team. is still a major city, right? <laughs> still a major metropolis. Um, um. But uh, but Julio, both Julio and Lance Lynn pitch well against Arizona, and I yeah. think that was significant. Yeah. Because then you can point to that and say, okay, there is actual like uh, uh, improvement here. Um, and so seeing Julio bounce back nicely, it's helping rebuild that confidence in him. Um, so you have a, a rotation of Kershaw, Urias, Bobby Miller, Lance Lynn, and then you know a combo start of Tony Gonsolin and Ryan Yarbrough. Like that, that works. Yeah. That'll do. Yeah. And you know, also real quick here, uh, I don't fault the Dodgers for the deadline either. Like they tried, they, they tried did. to get everybody. Like they tried exactly. to get Scherzer. I saw that they they reached out to the Mets about Scherzer, <laughs> um, which is funny. Like you would bring him back after the the tour he went on. Um, tried to get Verlander. Tried to get uh, Eduardo Arias. Just didn't turn out. I mean, hey, I Verlander. I get it, man. He's got a relationship with Jim Crane, and I mean Eduardo Rodriguez. He wants to look at that Robocop statue every day. So. <laughs> So from what we understand, Verlander basically forced his way back to the yeah. Astros. Like the Dodgers you can't, did try. You can't win them all. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and he was like, "No, I want to go back to Houston." Yeah. Which is good. Like, I mean, look, adding Justin Verlander would have been incredibly nice, and uh, I think that of course he's he's a great starter in the rotation, and that all of my negative feelings about him are just like associations, like yeah. just associating him but with like, the Astros. Yeah, and you got but you got to throw that out because they they signed. Jake Marisnik for a week and a half before he <laughs> fucking died. So, uh, I I completely forgot yeah. about Jake Marisnik. Yeah, yeah, he he's uh, man, 
gone too soon. Um, <laughs> uh, and of course, you know, I was having to rationalize, like having to deal with Ben Verlander. Uh, it was just a lot of like, now nah, we're good. God, I got to do a bunch of backflips in order to be happy about Justin Verlander. But it, like in a very, in a very practical way, though, his his looming player option was also like terrifying because that was like forty three million dollar option for you know a million well, think, per year yeah. of life lived, man. <laughs> so uh, a little I think scary. I think the Mets are paying most of that anyway, aren't they? I think so. Yeah. So I, I think mean, so. whatever. You can't. You just you can't win them all. The no. the no trade clause is there for a reason. It yeah. is what it is, man. I mean. The uh, Rodriguez the Dodgers tried, but the Rodriguez yeah. one is weird. It was really it's, weird. That's uh I I think all the I saw someone do like, well, he wants a higher standard of living in Detroit, ho oh, which uh okay, dude, relax. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you can't even have a fucking porch in Detroit without somebody taking it from you, so <laughs> give me a break. Um really what it is is he doesn't want to go pitch in high stake situations. Yeah. He wants I think to pitch so. against the AL Central for the next two months and get a bigger payday in the off season. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. Well, I'm sorry. It's nothing about Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing about Detroit that's like, oh man, I really want to be there. <laughs> don't don't get mad when he leaves in two months and signs with the fucking Marlins or something like that for 150 yeah. million dollars. Exactly. There were some Tiger fans who were mad about it, and some who they were should like, be. Yeah, they should be mad Dodgers. about it. And like, yeah, no, 100. percent They should have been mad. He fucked both of you. He fucked yeah. the Dodgers and he fucked the Tigers. Yeah. Because you you realize like the Tigers could have gotten a very strong prospect yeah. return, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah. and and now, also like no. I, this idea that like the Dodgers didn't do their research, like no, he just he fucking backed out at the last minute. He did, yeah. Like, he told the Tigers would not have n- negotiated a deal, and the Dodgers would not have no- negotiated a deal without the the confidence that he would waive his his uh, fucking clause. So exactly, it's it's just it's just a weird situation. Um, and again, uh, like that's. He's gonna leave you in the off season, much like Otani's gonna leave the Angels, and you guys are gonna have given gotten absolutely nothing yeah. in return for him. Was it David Peralta who said like, "Yeah, I was texting him, and he just like didn't respond to me." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I with the uh, <laughs> I, I think happened. every member of the Dodgers was also on that Red Sox team. Yeah, and I think they all probably contacted him as well, and uh, just uh, he didn't ever say anything or. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> like, yo, dude, uh, you you coming or what? Yeah, you in? <laughs> uh, listen, we about to head out. Uh, you uh, <laughs> you're yeah. still in the bathroom? You cool? Yeah, <laughs> you, happens. You, you coming? It happens. We were told. Uh, all right. Um. So yeah, that. So the Dodgers like tried to have an even bigger trade deadline yeah, than they did. And I I think I I think they'll revisit it in the off season. I. Yeah, I think they're gonna sign Otani, and then I think they're gonna try to get like one more big piece, maybe right. an Arenado or something like that. Right. Um. So you know, all around, I give them a, a B, B minus. Yeah. Give them a, a solid. Uh, they did what they could. Yeah, because there was a lot of frustration from Dodger fans uh, on the day of the trade yeah. deadline. Yeah. But I think that, like we're saying, I think that that frustration was a bit unfounded because again, it's not. It's not like they weren't trying. Yeah. They kind of got screwed over yeah. at the last second and then had to scramble. Yeah. I wish they would have gotten, you know, they maybe like tried to turn to Jack Flaherty or somebody yeah, that's, like that. Yeah, but, but you know, it would have, could have, whatever. Yeah, they they were they were they were duped into thinking <laughs> that they were going to have it. <laughs> yeah, they, they got a better and, pitcher than uh, than Flaherty, and they ended up not getting him. So whatever. Yeah, yeah, that is what it is. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think. Where we're at now, though, watching this team play since the deadline, it, again, like it feels very strong. Um, I want to mention, but you mentioned Max Scherzer, and I think I, I, 
I want to get into this a little bit because the 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 narratives after the trade deadline about the Mets, I thought were yeah. Give your give your Dodgers take, and then let's let's close with Max Scherzer and the Mets because that is a that is a special kind of hilarious. Yes. Like, that whew, <laughs> Jesus. Um, well, I think the one last thing to to wrap up the Dodger conversation. Um, our guy Rob Parker was on yeah. uh, MLB Network yesterday, um, and uh, he was he was talking with the with Chris Russo, and he had the take that um, Mookie Betts should be National League MVP. Correct. And at first, you kind of write it off, and you're like, you know, obviously it feels like a two horse race between Acuna and Freddie Freeman because that's how good Freeman's numbers have gotten over the last month. Like yeah. they are, they're right there. Like Acuna was running away with it for a while, yeah. but now like Freeman's numbers are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's hitting like three forty something. He's gonna end up with a higher average than Elusive Rise, and it's gonna yeah. be hilarious. So um, <laughs> but uh, but it, it on the surface it looks like it's just between those two. And so I'm thinking like, well, you know, that's kind of a hard take to make because uh, because it seems like it's pretty wrapped up between these two guys right now. But he made the point, and you think about it more, and actually I think it is a very good argument in terms of like when you're looking at actual value to the team. Mookie has played, I believe, 16 games at shortstop now for the Dodgers, a position that he's basically yeah. had to learn on the fly. Yeah. I get that he came up as a as a middle infielder, so it's not like he had zero experience in the infield whatsoever. But <laughs> you know what's funny is I had no idea about that. I was yeah. like, oh, I had no idea that Mookie was a second baseman. I was like, why didn't he just stick there? And I'm like, oh, yeah, Dustin Pedroia, that's right. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... Um, time forgot. But looking at how, and obviously the offensive numbers are there, of course. Um, he his his average is only in the two eighties because he he didn't have a high average for like the first month of the season. But since then, he's he's been hitting incredibly well. Um, we don't need to tell you, you know, his his offensive production is is at a super high level because he's Mookie Betts and <laughs> he's he's fantastic. Um, but it's the fact that this this ease of uh, this. A total willingness to do whatever he needs to to help the team. Like he, he would move into the infield because they had three outfielders who should be playing that day, and <laughs> moving over to shortstop because every other shortstop was hurt. Yeah, and and filling in rather well. Like he didn't look lost at short. Like he's he can play the position. Um, I think because of Shohei Otani and and the absolute marvel of who he is. We are kind of overlooking the fact that Mookie's versatility is rather impressive, um, and and for him to to do all that and to continue to produce at such a high level, I think you can make the argument. Yeah. I think right now, based solely on offensive numbers, which tends to be what the MVP voting comes down to, um, I'd give the edge to either Freeman or Acuna. Um, but I think that there's absolutely an argument to be made that Mookie is, is I think that's going to be the top three. And I think you can make an argument for Mookie at one, which is wild. Yeah, he's hitting like 60 points lower than than, than Freeman, but like the other numbers are yeah. just as good. Uh, they they have the same amount. Of, they have the same war, basically. Yeah. And they're right behind Acuna. Like Acuna's got 5.9, Freddie's got 5.3, and Mookie's 5.2. So they're pretty much all the same. Uh-huh. Um. I just I think I think Freddie's gonna win it ultimately, but mm-hmm. like Mookie should definitely be in the conversation. Freddie's just Freddie's probably gonna end up with like thirty home runs 
And as long as he hits like 345, 350, like, yeah. I, and I was telling, I was telling Rob yesterday too, this is the first time in forever that the Dodgers have the narrative on their side right. too, yeah. because they were not supposed to be good. Everyone thought that the Padres were going to run away with the NLS the same way the Dodgers have been for the last yeah. decade. Mm-hmm. Everyone thought that the Diamondbacks had a real chance to, to unseat the Dodgers. Like the Dodgers were like a, a, maybe a wildcard team this year to everybody in the media mm-hmm. and to some people on this podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like they're just as good as they always have been yeah so like it's it's very it's a lot easier for voters to be like wow freddie freeman really turned this dodgers season into a magical one like yeah whereas the braves are gonna win a hundred something games and it's just gonna be like well expected so yeah and it's, having the narrative on our side as well is, so is rather nice yeah, I know. <laughs> it, and it makes the team more fun yeah. again like having this having this idea of like they're actually kind of overperforming it's a ton of fun to watch and and also feeling like not overperforming in the sense that oh they're going to come crashing down to, to earth but rather they they're just that good of a team yeah. like it it doesn't feel like they should be this good but they are um also and just a side note um Given the fact that the narrative is on the side of the Dodgers this year, people are going to lose their mind when Dave Roberts wins yeah, manager oh, of the year. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's absolutely going to happen. Yeah. I don't think people realize that. Um, that's, uh, yeah, that's, it's good. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. We, we love, love the it. narratives, don't we, folks? <laughs> but yeah, let's wrap up with, with a couple of other thoughts around the league. Um, and yeah, as we mentioned, so Max Scherzer uh, gets traded to the Rangers and instantly goes to the media and is like, they're not going to try for another two years, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, which um, first off, uh, Max Scherzer is establishing a pattern of just uh, burning his exes as he's yeah. on, on the way out. Do you think Max is... Scherzer went to like more than one show on the Eras tour? <laughs> Um, you realize I did, right? No, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, did she go to Detroit? I can't imagine she did. Uh, you know, I honestly don't know. She's still alive, so she's still... She might That's not true. Have, That's yeah. true. <laughs> she, she made she, it out. She, so. she must have been able to, to get on out of there. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Max uh, loves to just uh, shit talk his previous it's so partner. Good. It's so like, funny. The second he gets somewhere new... Yeah. With the Dodgers, it's like, oh, they, you know, they, they didn't use me right. And you're like, motherfucker, you told us your arm was dead. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you, uh, you're, gonna, you're saying that's our fault? I'm sorry. You know, I, uh, uh, I still, I, I'm probably wrong, but I, I still think the Padres are a bigger disappointment than the Mets are overall. Like the Mets spent so much money, but like, you kind of knew that they were not going to be like, th- their offense is bad. Like, Coming into the season, we knew they weren't, like, going to hit the ball very well, but, like, their pitching should have made up for it, and it just didn't. Yeah. But even then, you look past the two big names, and it's like, I, I Kuki Carrasco or something like that? Like, <laughs> what? He was good, like, five years ago, and the Indians were in the World Series. Like, Sorry, the Guardians. My bad. Uh, is, is he still? Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure really? he's still pitching for the Mets. <laughs> That's the only other name I recognized. I mean... Uh, they got they they signed that Japanese pitcher, right? Yeah, Suzuki or no? Yeah, Sanga. Yeah. Um. So you know, but also then like Scherzer and Verlander are forty fucking years old. So, yeah. Like, I I still think it's hard because I uh, 
the Mets are a colossal disappointment because well, I think, and yeah, I guess because the Mets are also just like out of it. They're just, <laughs> yeah, just, they just like aren't. they fell off really hard. Yeah, and I think it was the fact too that they they were a hundred win team last season, yeah. and um, the offense was basically the same uh, because they like retained Brandon Nimmo. Yeah, and. Um, uh, it was really just they kind of just replaced Degrom with Verlander, and then added Senga and uh, um, yeah, for for the most part, it was a pretty much a lateral move. The only thing is they you know lost Edwin Diaz to that that terrorist organization, the World Baseball Classic. Um, but but I mean, you know, I'm I, I like. You're going to be hard-pressed to find me or anyone argue that losing your closer is going to cause you to drop, like, 20, 25 games in the standings. We had had to trade uh, all the guys we paid $2,000 million for because uh, Edwin Diaz (laughs) got hurt in the WBC. (laughs) But I think what baffled me was, like, the takes about the Mets after the trade deadline was hearing all these people being like, you know what? Good on the Mets. Good for them, yeah. They, They... they actually won the deadline because they got themselves some good prospects and they're preparing themselves for a couple years from now. Yeah. No. No, I, I don't think it, it can be overlooked. <laughs> you don't get it both ways, guys. You spent the entire offseason fucking fellationing Steve Cohen. Yeah. Like, they they broke records yeah. in terms of the amount of spending. And they, they almost added Carlos Correa to that as well, if yeah, you remember. That's like they, right. Oh, my God. They, that's right. They were spending at such a high level, the first $300 million team. And they uh, they fell off so hard that they had to trade off multiple assets at the deadline. Now, yeah, from a baseball standpoint, like in terms of living in the now and looking towards the future, it is important for them to take the loss on it and and get decent prospects in return for a couple of 40-year-old starting pitchers. But also, it can't be overlooked that they fucked up so bad. Like, that that team should not be as bad as they are, and they, they uh, tanked themselves so much so to the point where that Steve Cohen told Max Scherzer, hey, actually, we're not going to compete next year either. Like, we're, we're so bad that we're throwing out the next year and a half, even though we just spent $300 million on this season. Um, which also... Someone's and not signing Otani. Exactly. That's also being wildly overlooked. When when Scherzer mentioned, like, yeah, we were we're told the Mets aren't going to try next year either. Yeah. They that instantly took them out of the Otani running, and yeah. they wouldn't do that unless they were positive they weren't in it in the first place. Yeah. Because yeah. because Steve Cohen, even though like, yeah, he's trading for prospects right now. This is the same man who spent a wild amount of money on this team, and he's absolutely. If if he felt like it was possible that they could sign Otani, he would do it. Yeah. So yeah. Steve Cohen basically just told everyone the Mets are not in the running for Otani at all. It's funny, like the Mets and the Padres, the one thing they do have in common is they both try to emulate the Dodgers, but they just have they just don't it's like the thing. Remember the thing, the great movie? Yes. Uh they just can't copy it perfectly. Yeah. They don't know how to do it. <laughs> So they try their best to mimic it, but they just can't do it. Like the Mets and the Padres both thought, well, like, oh, if you just spend a bunch of money like the Dodgers do, you're going to win a bunch of games. But like, that's not how it works, guys. Like, (laughs) that's not the only part of it. Like, we've been every Dodgers fan that knows what they're talking about has been banging the drum for years that the Dodgers didn't didn't just spend money to spend money. Like, they were eating some contracts to get a prospect or two. Like, yeah, 
And those prospects turned into guys that they use, like Kike Hernandez mm. or Austin Barnes for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, or that, that Alex Wood deal. Like, that, yeah. like, they ate a bad contract to get a player that they really liked, and that's what you're supposed to do. Right. And now, like, that money's going to come off their books, and they're going to have, you know, freedom to go sign Otani to a $750 million contract if they want to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just... It's just so funny. Oh my god, especially for us and and our environment and if you know what we're talking about with the Mets being bad, it's it's extra sweet. Um <laughs> although the Jets might actually be decent this year, so that's going to yeah. be annoying too, but Jeez. Yeah. It it is already like literally today get ready for nauseating coverage of Luis on Helicunia. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. like he broke the top 100 and now we're like pipe, you know, MLB accounts are like, hey, look out. Oh, here comes the next big, it's, you know, if, if his last name wasn't Acuna, no, and would not, no one, would, yeah. yeah, I'm sure he's a fine player, but right. like, yeah, there's, I feel like there's definitely a boost, uh, coming from being Acuna's brother and yeah. also being in the Mets system now. Yeah. Exactly, so. like because the the Mets traded for him. Now suddenly, this guy is going to become the best prospect yeah. in baseball, yeah. and that's that's not where he's at. I'm sure, yeah, he's he's probably going to be a solid player, but uh, you know, also uh, Thanasis Antetokounmpo exists. Yeah. So like, <laughs> let's let's cool your jets uh. on just because hey, it's Ronald Acuna's brother. That does not mean anything. Um, so yeah, I I think that uh, it it's it's. The Mets shouldn't be avoiding the gigantic amount of criticism that they should be getting. No. Now, again, I think they are getting that criticism because they've probably been getting it throughout the entire season for just being bad in general. Yeah. Um, but to hear the to hear the multiple, like at our network, we had multiple hosts come on air with this take of like, "Hey, you know what? Good on the Mets. Yeah, they they got no. some they got some good prospects. No, no, not actually, in my neck of the they, woods, guys. <laughs> don't you really should not. Hang be on giving one second, player. Hang on one second. No. <laughs> uh, before we go, I guess uh, let's. Hyun Suk Jang, is that how you say it? Oh yes, yes. Yeah, the the Korean. Yeah. Phenom. Uh, um, the Dodgers signed the a nineteen year old right hander out of Korea. He would have been the number one overall pick in the uh, KBO. KBO draft. Yeah. Um, this is very, very exciting. Yeah, I, think. I saw. I think he's going to slot into the top fifty, off the bat, maybe top thirty. Woo. Um, so that's cool. That's good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, he's he's a couple years away. Because he, you know, he's nineteen. Nineteen, yeah. Um, so. Is it more like, or do you think his path to the majors is quicker being an international player like that? Because it does That's feel like guys say. they sign out of yeah. Korea like make the majors quick, but also right. like. Some of those guys spent time professionally. Like it, he's coming yeah. straight out of high school. Like, yeah, That's I think crazy. that's the thing. This is probably the same as any other sort of draft prospect yeah. because a lot of international guys are a little older when they're, yeah. they're signed and like they've already been playing professionally internationally so they kind of will just uh just go right in so um yeah no i think it's it's very exciting they they traded a couple guys for for international draft slot money and smarter smarter people happen. than us were like hey that might mean something yeah and uh it did so yeah. um welcome to the dodgers yeah welcome to the dodgers uh Guy whose so, name I'll have to learn at some point. Right, right. I I, I have not heard anyone say it no, out loud I've yet. Not. So I uh, the <laughs> only reason I know how to say Hyun is because of uh Hyun Jin Ryu. So oh, of course. And Jang. I mean if you can't say Jang, what the what, <laughs> if you can't <laughs> say Jang, you you belong in Detroit. <laughs> uh 
it, it watches it's actually pronounced jung like <laughs> um uh oh, oh so this is one more baseball note i wanted to mention um did you see today that the Romeo Braves, one of the minor league affiliates of the Atlanta Braves, are dropping the Braves from their? Uh, yes, they have. That announced. is one of the top stories on ESPN because there is nothing happening in the world of sports right now. <laughs> so, um, I wonder what's interesting. And look, good on them. Um, uh, I think the the Atlanta Braves, uh, the fact that. They've told their fans, stop doing the chop because it's rather racist. And all of them are like, nope, we're going to keep doing it. It's pretty wild. Um, (laughs) All right. Um, I I think that, you know, changing nicknames um, is a good thing. And uh, I I think that we should welcome this change. And, you know, people who lose their shit over minor league teams changing their names. uh, Why didn't you freak out when the San Bernardino Stampede changed their name to the Inland Empire Route 66ers? Where were you when that happened? Um, So I I think that that people get selectively outraged at things (laughs) Um, now. But here's the thing. And this is where this story gets really bizarre. Um on uh this news came out today august 11th last night the congressional representative of rome uh georgia um threw out the first pitch at their at their game do you know i Bo, swear to god i i hope it's who i think it who is. their congressional representative I swear to is. god i swear to god it better be who i think it is Hold marjorie on. taylor yes, green absolutely are they naming the team the the Rome Marjorie Taylor Greens? <laughs> so, um, the the Rome Troll Feet. <laughs> the Rome Braves have announced that they are changing their nickname from the Braves. Um, literally the day after, Marjorie Taylor Green is yeah. in their stadium throwing out the, the first pitch. The Rome Jewish Space Lasers. <laughs> um. So forgive me. For kind of questioning where this team do you think the logo at? can can the logo just be her holding up a picture of Hunter Biden's dick and showing everybody and <laughs> like that's so fucking cool she's awesome she's so stupid I love her to death I don't ever I want her to be president one day it would be damaging and horrible but like like Darren Ravel you know like uh truly a terrible time for our country but the content's incredible like I need that like I need oxygen man oh. Yeah, that's just, that's just in the congressional record for the rest of our lifetime. Our <sighs> children will look at, in in history and it'll be like, yeah, um 2023 a uh, congressman from congresswoman from Georgia showed everybody the president's son's dick <laughs> and everybody had to look at it. Uh, all right. All right. Well, uh I guess good on you Rome Braves, but also um Jesus, <laughs> like, let's let's kind of let, let's try to let's try to sort out your priorities a little bit, huh? Like, let's. Uh, all uh, right, she's the best. Uh, Marjorie, you're allowed on this program if you ever want to be on here. We'll chat. Oh, uh, oh my goodness, um, the, just the just the beadiest eyes of, yeah, of no, anyone I've ever seen. Insanely proportioned like, human being. <laughs> Like, she makes no sense. Like, 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 looks like a rough draft of a Simpsons yeah, character. Yeah, what? No, yeah, yeah. Um, Just they took her out too early, and they were like, you know what? Fuck it, dude. It's, it's a long day. I'm ready to go home. God, we'll fix it in post. But they just Ugh. forgot. Jesus Christ. Uh, all right. Well, 
That's great. We can we can leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, I guess speaking of Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, Blake Trinan has actually been cited uh, okay. uh, pitching nice. at Dodger Stadium, uh, throwing bullpen sessions. And you mentioned Walker Bueller earlier, yeah. also throwing bullpen sessions. Um, suddenly, like it seems like these two guys could actually uh, be a part of the team I before so. the end of the season, which so. would be a very welcome sight. You know what else? Uh, speaking of rough drafts of mm. things, yes, uh, Detroit. Jesus. <laughs> It's a rough draft of a metropolis if I've ever seen one. <laughs> uh, follow us on Twitter and uh, – or no, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, yes. Twitter. Follow us fuck, on Twitter. Fuck X. It's Twitter. It, it, I swear to God. If someone says X again, I'm going to fucking put – I'm going to just move them to Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> and Instagram at SwingShiftRNB. Thank you as always to the house band ass life. Uh, until next time, this is Swing Shift. Thank you, everyone. See you guys.